0: Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity that we have to gather here together as young people, and we just ask for a special blessing upon each of us and the things that we're going to be learning. I pray that you may be with me, that you may speak through me, and that you may give us your Holy Spirit, that you may speak to our hearts in this this, uh, session, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Nice, more people coming in. Well, my name is Christina, and I currently live in Kentucky. I'm about to transition uh, to Arkansas to start a little homestead with my family. And uh, in Kentucky, I work at a outpost called Red River outpost, outpost, and it's a missionary center. It's been around for about four years, and I was there first as a student, and then I became a staff later on. Uh, We began in 2018 and we have a little sanitarium. Uh, Well, actually that is starting up this year and we started a bakery, a restaurant, and I was doing marketing for them along with many miscellaneous things. Um, But yeah, that's that's a little bit of what I've been doing these past few years. You're going to hear more of my story throughout this presentation. And, um, you know, today I want to talk about something that has been very important to me. I've And and we're going to continue to build upon what Gabriel already spoke um, on personal development. So we're going to talk about this one talent. And we tried to figure out the screen, but it wasn't working. So we're also going to use our imagination. (laughs) And I'm going to read for you. Um, But we're going to talk about a talent that we are, that is going to, basically, what is our success depending on? And um, so when you think about... When you read this, your success depends upon this one talent. What do you think that one talent is? Time. What was that? Time. Time. Yes? Yeah, that's it actually. <laughs> that's it. That's very good. <laughs> Did you read that quote? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I read that. Okay, yeah, it's a powerful quote. So, yes, it is time. So, we are going to go over that. Now, question for you guys, what comes to your mind when you hear the word success? You can just share anything that comes that may come to your mind what comes to your mind maybe it's an image maybe it's a word wealthy. what is it wealthy. wealthy okay we got wealthy what else do we think about accomplished, accomplished you reach your goals yeah yeah that's very good um yeah you know in this world there's a lot of people that are wondering, how can I I make my life a success? And many of us, probably we have thought about that question too, It's like, how can I make my life a success? And I wanna talk a little bit about my experience. So when I was, um, I think I was five, I was like, I knew exactly what I was gonna do in life. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be a wildlife veterinarian and I'm going to be taking care of animals and I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to just travel the world and go to different um, safaris and help the, you know, lions and all these kind of things. So I had this great idea and I pursued that idea uh, until the end of high school. So I am originally from uh, Romania and I grew up in Spain and in Spain we finished high school at 16. So I was already ready to think about uh, university. And I'm like, okay, I need to get into a degree. But then um, our family moved to the United States. So that was about eight years ago. And um, I came to a point where I was like, okay, I want to be a veterinarian. And I wanted to also do biology and all these kind of things. And I was like, but I came to to a crossroads in my life. And I had to decide, is this truly what I what God is calling me to do so when oftentimes when we think about success our gaze is very narrow at least the way that the world sees it because through the scriptures we're able to widen our gaze uh, into what that looks like for us for our lives and practically so this verse right here is something that really helped me to figure out what I should be doing with my life um, and it's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when I read this verse, I was like, wait a minute. You mean that God has a something higher and better than I ever thought about? Like, I can't even conceive the whole plan that he has for my life. And I'm over here thinking... I've got it all figured out. Like, I know exactly what I want to do, and I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to do it, but you mean to tell me that God has something better? Well, praise the Lord, that is the case, but that is when our gaze gets widened. We're able to see even more um, of our life's calling. So, what does success mean for an army? Winning the battle. When what? Winning, the battle. Win- winning the battle, yep. They won, the enemy is done. Um, that's, that's success for an army. So the objective is to win the war. And in a war, there are different departments and ranks and all these kind of things. So you have your soldiers, you have air force, you have mechanics, nurses, doctors, etc. I don't know all of them. <laughs> Not very versed in this, in this area. Um, but yeah, everybody has different roles. But what do they have? One purpose. Do you think the mechanic that is working on the jets has the same purpose and the same goal in the war? He also wants to win the war. Like, he wants the whole team to, to, to win, the whole army, um, the whole country. So that means that each of them, even though they have different callings, different departments that they're working on, They have to make sure they're faithful because the more faithful they are, the more chances they have uh, at winning the war, even if it's a cook that is cooking for the soldiers. And the same for us, we have a war. We are in the midst of a war, the Great Controversy War. And what do you think the end goal of this war is? What do you think is the end goal? sin to be ended and we know for a fact that god wins and sin will be abolished but then what is what what is going to be our role in this war if we know okay we are we're already winning what do i need to do what is my role in this in this thing so, we have here the commission go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. With this in mind, our gaze also broadens even more because now you're thinking about, okay, how can I make my life a success? Well, we are in a war. And I wonder what my role is in this war. Well, what is our goal? Our goal is also to win more souls for the kingdom. Um, for, for we know that God wins, but we want to be able to make sure that there's more people, people entering. That means that each of us, no matter what we do in our lives, we have to also play a part in this overarching goal. So when we think about our calling, one question that we can ask ourselves is how can I do this job or life work or whatever we're called in such a way that I can aid the success of that goal? So whether we are farmers, if some of us want to be farmers, whether we want to be lawyers, doctors, nurses, whatever it is that we want to do, graphic design, it, it doesn't matter. It's the question for us is how can I do this in such a way that is going to aid um, in the overall success of that goal. So we're going to talk about what we were given for this war. So God has given us talents. And here in Adventist Home, it says, that which lies at the foundation of business integrity and true success is the recognition of God's ownership, the creator of all things, He is the original proprietor, we are his stewards. All that we have is a trust from him to be used according to his direction. So what were we given for this war? We were given different talents um, for success. So what we're gonna be uncovering is how can we use our talents in order to be able to succeed in this war? this is an obligation that rests upon every human being. It has to do with the whole sphere of human activity. Whether we recognize it or not, we are stewards supplied from God with talents and facilities and placed in the world to do a work appointed by him. But you know, sometimes we are also wondering, it's like, I don't know enough. I don't have enough skills, I don't have enough talents, like I know I'm supposed to do something big and I have big dreams, or sometimes we may be even afraid to dream big, but what has God given you today? What do you know that God has given you now? And how can you multiply it today? So that's what we're gonna learn. We're gonna go over more on how can we multiply those talents. So talents used, our talents multiplied. Now this is a promise. This is a promise and it's in Christ's object lessons. This was given to our prophet Ellen White. And um, as talents are multiplied down here, he does not, oops, sorry. Okay, there we go. He does not supernaturally endow us with qualifications we lack. while we use that which we have, he will work with us to increase and strengthen every faculty. Isn't that amazing? That as we move forward to use what God has given us in faith, that he can increase and strengthen every faculty. By every wholehearted, earnest sacrifice for the master's service, our powers will increase. Alright, so I'm going to talk about an analogy. Um, It's going up a stair and this this analogy has really helped me uh in my life as i was wondering what should i do so when sometimes when you go up a stair you don't see the full vision of what's up there when you go to a ladder that can be super steep you might not really see everything but as you take a step further and further and further you are able to see more of what's wherever you're going so When I was 15 years old, I gave my life to Christ. I was raised Adventist, um, but I just wasn't fully um, in, (laughs) like, converted. My heart wasn't truly for Christ. So at 15, I gave my life to Christ. And then at that time, I was wondering, it's like, okay, I know I'm not going to be a veterinarian, but what should I do? So then I began to think, it's like, oh, you know what? I remember in high school, I used to love sharing with my friends about health. And I used to love um, kind of talking to them about if, if they had like a, like a sickness an illness, um, basically uh, what what can they do to kind of help it? So I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna do medical missionary work. <laughs> I had no idea what that fully was. I had no idea what a what a worker for God was. But I knew that I was so on fire for Christ that I wanted to work for Him full time. So at 16. I decided to become a medical missionary. So I went to a school. I got trained there uh, for a few months and then came home, worked for the church members at home and kind of helped them in that way. And then at 17, um, I moved to Oregon uh, because I was like, okay, I want to be able to learn more missionary skills. So there's this school that was teaching agriculture, was teaching Bible work, canvassing, Uh, gardening yeah yeah, agriculture and um, you know just just a lot of practical things Bible prophecy Um, so I was like I need to go there so then I went there um, to to increase my skills then as I was at that school another piece of my puzzle was being put together by God because I was going up the ladder of life and as I was going up um, I realized um, at that school, there was a problem with the leadership, a big, big, big problem. And that affected uh, all the students in a very negative way, and that school had to be shut down. And I remember the night that I learned about the problem that happened uh, at that school in Oregon, and uh, we were actually sleeping in tents for six months. So we, I came out of my tent, and I looked up. It was a beautiful sky, stars and everything, and um, I looked up, and I said, Lord you have this work of having missionary centers everywhere. And instead of getting discouraged, I said, I need to be able to learn how to be the right leader to help start other missionary centers. So at 17, that night, I decided to open up the book Christian Leadership by Ellen White, and I started reading it. I think I might have gone through... Almost the whole thing that night, I just couldn't sleep. It was, it was a deep issue that was going on in that school. So with that in mind, I was like, okay, now I know even more of what God wants me to do in life. I should be starting missionary centers. So then at 18, I moved to another missionary center in California to be able to continue this work. And there, I was like, wow, like I started learning about graphic design and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like This is literally reaching so many people because it was like a media ministry as well. So we were using that to reach people in other countries that were closed and everything. So I was like, wow, this is, this is great. So another piece in the puzzle, another step in the ladder. Then at 20 years old, moved to Kentucky. And I was like, "Wow, this is amazing. This is th- this was Red River Outpost." And I was like, "This is really what I wanted to do. This is pioneering because we're actually starting this missionary center." So I'm like, "I'm literally doing what what I believe God is calling me to do." And then at around 21, I started another step in this uh, in the stairs ladder, whatever. I was realizing, you know, I'm really interested. Also, I'm seeing the importance of mental health in this whole. Uh, situation of starting Missionary Center. So let me learn about (laughs) mental health and how to be also mental health counselor. At 22, I was like, you know what? I really enjoy herbs. (laughs) And I really want to continue. I want to help with this medical missionary vision and this outpost and everything. So then I started herbal business. And then now at 24, I realized another, I went to another step in my journey. And that was understanding that hey, you know what, I actually want to be able to still start missionary centers, but make it into, go into homes and be able to help homes become a missionary center. So as you can see, from day one, in my experience being converted to Christ, I did not know I was going to end up here. And also with this passion of being able to help other homes become missionary outposts, that, that was not, I did not know that, and you know, sometimes when we are, we are young, we're trying to figure out what we want to do in life, we don't, we feel like we need the whole picture, we need the whole clarity, we need to understand the full thing before we're like, okay, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to do this, but sometimes things are not as, as easily seen, sometimes things are a little blurry, and that is fine, And in Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So as we walk on this path, more light will be shed. As we use the talents, they will be multiplied. So we're going to talk about this talent. Time. Because how can we make our life is success. As we move on this ladder, as we go up these stairs to figure out more and more of what God is calling us to do, um, what is it that we need to do to make this better uh, uh, a success? So Ephesians 5:15 and 17 says, "See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So redeeming the time, using our time wisely, is also helping us to understand even more what the will of God is. Because like we were talking with the uh, latter analogy, is that as we go higher, we're able to see more. Okay. How do we redeem our time? The only way in which we can redeem our time is by making the most of that which remains by being co-workers with God in his great plan of redemption. So this is what we're going to learn today. How can we be co-workers with God as we use our time? So these are some of the principles. There's more principles of time management, but these are the ones that we're going to cover today. Um, So we're going to have developing a vision order and regularity, plan your day and set your goals, do one thing at a time, faithfulness, improve spare moments, and flexibility. So we're going to go through each of these. Um, and we're going to learn amazing things on how to use our day-to-day in a way that is going to end up to be a success. If you leave your growth to randomness, you'll always live in the land of mediocrity. Now, who wants to live a mediocre life here? Oh, Nobody. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. And <laughs> that's we're, we're we're in a good path. So, success some of you may have heard of this quote. Um, this is not on the screen, it'll be later, but success in any line demands a definite aim. So, what is your definite aim in life? Have you really sat down and thought about it? What is my definite aim? What did God call me to do? What do I need to do to make my life a success? Not in the worldly way, But really, in a biblical, sanctified thought. So number one, develop a vision. What happens if we don't have a vision? Where there's no vision, what happens? The people perish. So has that happened to you before? That you were just like, so... There's a season of your life that you're just literally so unmotivated. It's just nothing really guided you out of bed. You're just kind of doing the day-to-day. You're just going to school, study or whatever you may be doing, having a job or whatever it may be. And it's just you're unmotivated. And, you know, that's that's the that's the condition of a lot of people today. They go to their nine to five, go back home, um, make dinner, go to sleep, wake up, work, eat dinner, go to sleep, wake up. (laughs) So this is a whole cycle. Do you think those people are really living? Is that really life? When there is no vision, the people perish. So let's have a vision also for our lives. And some of us may already have um, some goals. And we're going to look at Christ's vision. What was his vision? And it's, and it's laid out in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And it's, and it's so beautiful. Every time um, I may feel lost in my experience or anything, I just go back to these verses. We're going to go through all three of them. And read what was his vision statement. What really kind of, if we say it that way, um, got him out of it. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that morning Zion to give the, unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Isn't that so beautiful? What a description of somebody's life. And this was our Savior. He wanted to get us out of prison to make sure that we're alive again. And that's what really kept him going. But then to accomplish this vision, what did he have to do? There's this verse in Luke two fifty-two, And it talks about his childhood. And Jesus increased in what? Wisdom, stature, and what else? Favor with God and man. So we're going to look at what that means. Because this is a very intentional verse. So he grew mentally emotionally so that's wisdom um oh of course intellectually as well i I guess i could add that physically in stature so he also made sure that he was healthy um and then spiritually favor with god socially favor with man so we say that christ grew he made sure he was developing himself in all these areas in order to be able to accomplish that vision, so he was working on that on on growing this way, even for thirty years, even in even after too, because we're always continually advancing. So we want to be able to also be like Christ, Amen. Uh, we want a culture of continual advi- advan- advancements. Excuse me. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. So let that also be our. Our motto, that we have, we, our culture is a culture of continual advancements. We go from strength to strength. Many whom God has qualified to do excellent work accomplish very little because they attempt little. Be ambitious for the master's glory to cultivate every grace of character. Isn't that so beautiful? In order to, to build our vision, we must attempt much. We must think bigger. We must look beyond our possibilities or impossibilities. Because sometimes we look at ourselves and the things we know or we don't know. And we're like, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about this, but I don't think that's going to be possible. No, actually go beyond, far, and above uh, what you think it's possible humanly. And you'll see that God is going to do even more <laughs> than that. Because wh- what are his thoughts? Higher than our thoughts. Now, number two. So the first one was developing that vision. Actually, um, before I get to the second thought, I do have something for you guys. And if somebody can help uh, pass these out to everybody. We have Abby. So these booklets right here, um, they're given at GYC, I think in 2018. And these are the Activate booklets. Um, They're to find your calling, fuel your passion, and fulfill your dreams. So this is something that would be kind of like Homework, but I don't want to even say homework because this is really so foundational for our lives' growth. Um, so this booklet right here is gonna go is gonna be an aid to you finding your calling and what's God's purpose for your life, and be able to have more clarity on that. And clarity is beautiful. So we have these books, and there's a part which actually I think the first one is uh, in chapter three in this little booklet. Uh, workbook is developing your vision so I would encourage you that as we talk about these principles that you may work on this booklet uh, even throughout the conference maybe in the night when you're back at uh, your bed if you're not too tired but keep this close to you um, because it was so so helpful for me um, when I was putting it together and I actually I'm keeping another one because I want to do it again so uh, yeah we can perfect thank you Abigail Um, So, order and regularity. This is the second thing that is going to help to make our life a success. And you would think, order and regularity? Okay. Um, So, it is the duty, the duty of every Christian to acquire habits of order, thoroughness, and dispatch. Now, what is dispatch? Anybody understand that word? What does that mean? It means to perform, to execute speedily, to finish. Um, so that is our duty to do things in order and to do things speedily but well Um, and here is something very important men of business can be truly men and women of business and really anybody um, can be truly successful only by having regular hours for what rising for prayer for meals and for retiring If order and regularity are essential in worldly business, how much more so in the work of God? Now, I was, um, for a a lot of years of my life when I was learning about personal development, I was really watching a lot of videos on YouTube from other people that were into that kind of stuff, growth and all these kind of things. And um, many of of those people were actually not Christian. And when I was looking at their habits, I was like, wow, they're like regular. They make sure they wake up at the right time they make sure that they well they do meditation which we know that's not for us but (laughs) we meditate in a different way um and then they also made sure they ate good and they ate at the right time they had also a specific routine for going to sleep so they had their phones away for an hour before they went to bed and all those kind of things um i was like this is so interesting you know this is what we're also called as Christians but sometimes it seems like we're just our lives are still so scrambled and um, that should not be the case and especially as young people and we can start now it makes it easier have we ever said just five more minutes <laughs> just give me five more minutes and better please now I'm going to give you something to think about So it says, the bright morning hours are wasted by many in bed. These precious hours, once lost, are never gone, are gone never to return. They're lost for time and for eternity. Only one hour lost each day, and what a waste of time in the course of a year. Now, let's look at actually the statistics of this. So, if we sleep one extra hour a day, so you're supposed to wake at six and you sleep until seven or eight or something um it's like a 365 hours per year and what does that equal to it's like about 15 days um and also those 15 days can equal around nine weeks of uh of um working full time so 40 hours a week so can you imagine you have a job and you tell your employer you know what i am going to be gone for two months because I'm going to be sleeping in. So, yeah, just you won't be seeing me for the next nine weeks because I will be sleeping in. Basically, we're losing that much time just with one extra hour um, a day. So, And, you know, when, when life gets busy, it just seems that we're like, well, I can sleep in more. But when we sleep in more, longer than we should, um, you know, the duties of the day, they don't kind of go away. But sometimes what we do is we're like, well, I'm just going to do my devotions later. I'm going to skip on that because I have to make sure I get to this appointment. That is very important. And I have to get to that appointment. I slept in. I went to bed late. So it is what it is. I mean, just pray real quick, you know, like a three minute prayer. Well, Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I'm not saying that you should spend three hours in prayer in the morning. But hey, if you can, that would be awesome. Um, But that seems to be the thing that we neglect the most when life gets busy. And we'd rather sleep in a little bit more and have a little less devotion. But as we're talking of success, this, this verse always comes to mind. Joshua one that says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So this is talking about making sure that we're praying, that we're reading the Bible, we're thinking about it every, uh, every moment of the day. Then, what happens then when we do all of these things? Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. But don't we switch it around? We're like, oh man, I'm so busy today. I have like a lot of exams, or I have an important job to do. We're like, in order to make my way prosperous and have good success today, I need to make sure I get to do those things. But I was late, and then we, we neglect the the reading of the Word, the intentional reading of the Word. Because, you know what, just reading a psalm or a proverb as your devotions and just running out the door and saying a quick prayer, that's not really a relationship with Christ. And these are some of the things that uh, I think we're we're familiar with, some of the prayers that we can say in the morning. And I'm sorry again for this screen situation. Um, But one of the prayers that we can have in the morning is to consecrate ourselves to God in the morning. And, and we can say, take me, O Lord, as holy thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me. And let all my work be wrought in thee. And this is a matter that we must do daily. A prayer that we must, that our heart should speak to God. This is another one. Let your prayer be, take me, O Lord, as holy thine. Um Wait, is this the same one? No. Um, I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Whatever errand I may do, send me. Whatever I may say to honor thee or lead souls to Christ, help me to say it. This is another one. Lay your plans before God to be carried out or given up. Sometimes we go around our days and we're like, everything that we need to do must be done. But sometimes God is asking us to give us some plans throughout the day. Now, number three, plan your day. Does anybody use a to-do list here? Okay, we have a few. Okay, that's good, that's good. Um, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Now, I know we don't want our days to be a failure, um, but one of the things that we're we're taught is to plan our days. And here in Adventist Home, it says, the day with its round of little duties calls for thought, calculation, and a plan of action. So... Um, in Luke fourteen thirty one. 31, it says, Or what king going to war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able to, uh, with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him or with 20,000. So in the morning, um, I think this is the next, yeah. In the morning, um, it, it, it is something that we should probably do is uh, sit down with a planner, with a book or whatever you use, uh, write it down or type it up what are the things that we must do in the day and be able to um, have that in a small book and set yourself a time in which you can do your work which also that brings us to time blocking and this is very important so as we have a planner um, we are to set apart a certain time for doing each duty and let, let everything be done with thoroughness neatness and dispatch so you know sometimes we're like, yeah, whatever, I, am, uh, I don't need this much. Um, I don't have to be this productive. I don't have to manage my time this much. But, you know, it's amazing when we actually start doing these things, how much more we can accomplish and how much further we can actually be. Um, it's really beautiful <laughs> and exciting. So um, we have talked about, yeah, having a planner. And actually, where's my... So I have... Um, I decided to make my own planner <laughs> so uh, because I didn't find anything that was really th- that um, amazing for me. So I decided to design one, and if you're interested, just let me know. I'm about to, we're actually, we're going to have some for AdAgra, but it didn't quite work out. Um, but yeah, if you want something to use for your day or just look through some of these pages. I've been using that one, but anyways. Um, yeah just let me know if you're in need of even other recommendation of some planners that might be um, uh, good for you to use there's some that have weekly monthly quarterly daily all these kind of things so it's really it's really neat to have something like that okay another principle one thing at a time now this might be a little difficult because we all are like you know multitasking is great we think that's a virtue and Especially in our society, we're basically like writing something or studying something, but our phone is next to us. So if something, if something happens and the phone vibrates, I am going to look at it. And if I put it on airplane mode, oh my goodness, like I don't know what I'm missing already. <laughs> and um, you know, it's, and then we have this thing that ADHD. Now, I, I understand that there is you know, issues, chemical issues that happen in the brain and all those kind of things. But sometimes we're like, well, yeah, we use that as an excuse when in our society we just need a little bit more self-discipline and be able to... um, Because our mind, our brain is a muscle. So the more we use it, the more it's going to be able to be strengthened. So don't let yourself... um, don't Don't tell yourself that it's like, no, I can't. Like, I can concentrate. I just cannot do it. It's just... I've got this and I've got that. Um, I think it's, it's a skill and it's a habit and we can grow. So in order to be successful, you must do but one thing at a time, concentrating all your powers upon that. Now there's a really good book if you want to write it out. Um, it's called uh, One Thing and it's by Gary Keller and is really really good. It's just kind of goes this whole book is it's not that long. Um, it just goes about the principle of making sure that we're just doing one thing at a time and not focusing our minds on so many other things at the same time. And look at this quote. This this last over here says if every moment were valued and rightly employed read this with me. We should have time for what? Everything. Everything. <laughs> That we need to do for, the, for ourselves or for the world. What? How many times have you said, I do not have time? I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. I can't do this. I'm sorry. I don't have time. Well, actually, what's going on? Well, where we got some issues. Um, okay. Well, meanwhile, imagine if you were able to have time to do everything. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> like the things that we could really do. But with time management, we actually can. Actually, you know what? I'm almost done, Abigail. Well, actually, I do have some pictures. So you're right. Just do your thing. I'm sorry. Um, Okay. I'm going to read this one, too. It's from Child Guidance. And it says, give yourself a number of minutes to do the work. And do not stop to read papers or Instagram. I know back then they didn't have Instagram. Read papers and books and take your eye. But say to yourself, no. I have just so many minutes in which to do my work and I must accomplish my task in the given time. Now, I remember for me there was a time that, you know, I was um, okay. I was just getting really distracted with things and that's fine, okay, well you're just going to imagine my slides, I just have a few more and actually just two more points. This was in uh, child guidance one twenty four point six. That's where it is. So yeah, imagine if um, when you're you catch yourself struggling, you're like, you know what? I'm see myself reaching for my phone or whatever else it may be, and you know you're supposed to be doing another task. It's amazing what a little prayer can do. Just like Lord, just help me focus on this. It's amazing what that little prayer can do, guys. Like. For me, I was like, man, how am I going to be able to just focus on one thing at a time and just be able to just do this and not be distracted by anything else? That little prayer and that little, you know, thing that I said that like this quote, no, I have just so many minutes I'm, and I just must get it done. Imagine the discipline. Now, all of these, these time management um, points are character development. It's basically helping you to do whatever God is calling you to do more faithfully. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. Faithfulness is the, the next point, which is still not there. Um, oh, it's not going to be there. I don't have a cable. That's right. Um, so faithfulness. And this brings me, if you, if you can actually open your Bibles, uh, phone or physical, to Luke 16, 10 through 12. And I love this verse. And this is about faithfulness. The fifth um, time management uh, point. Luke 16, 10 to 12. And if somebody can read it, that would be great. Luke 16, 10 to 12. Hmm. So this is talking about faithfulness and being faithful in that which is least. Now, as young people, I've seen that this is one of our biggest obstacles is um, to be faithful in that which is least because sometimes we're looking for things that are coming, bigger things ahead, and sometimes the things that are happening to us now in the season that we're in, it just seems so small and insignificant that we just lose our joy and motivation for doing it. So I want to share a little bit of my story. I was, um, when I was in Kentucky, I was working at this restaurant that we started for about a year. And I was not expecting that. Working at a restaurant and a bakery was not part of the overall picture that God has given me for my life. But why would I be there? I remember struggling with this question. It's like, Lord, why did you put me here? Was this a mistake? Like, why am I working here every day from nine to five? We're using that restaurant as a, as a mission opportunity though. Um, But I was just like, why am I? I felt like I was stuck there. And I was like, I'm supposed to be doing my calling. I'm supposed to be, you know, doing all these kind of things that I've been wanting to do. And so why am I stuck here? So it just reminded me of Moses when he was in the wilderness. Um, He had, God had this beautiful calling for him before he was born, that he was going to deliver God's people um, from Egypt but then, in the midst of that, um, he killed a guy because he had this thing in him. He's like, I need to deliver God's people, so I need to do something about this. And sadly, he killed somebody by trying to accomplish that, that purpose. And God was like, okay, I see we got a problem here. I'm going to send you to the wilderness for about 40 years. Um, so Moses is in the wilderness, and what is he doing? He's unlearning a lot of the things and learning uh, new things in order to um, help him to be successful in delivering God's people. So in those 40 years, he was a shepherd. Was he called to be a shepherd when he was born? Was that his calling for 40 years? Like, not right? That was not what he was called to do. But somehow he ended up doing that for a long, long, long time. That's as long as you've been alive, <laughs> really. <laughs> Anyways, just a side point there. Um, <laughs> you already shared it on your presentation. Um, so that was very interesting. So I felt like that was my, that was becoming my experience. I was like, Lord, I think this is my wilderness experience. I know you have, haven't called me to do restaurant work, but for this season, you have. You have called me to do this. So what season are you in right now? You may be waiting for... Maybe you just finished college and you're waiting for a job to happen, something to appear, an opportunity. Maybe you're still a student. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're at home helping your parents farm. Or, you know, maybe you're just waiting to start a little business or whatever it may be. Or go on, a, on that mission trip. Whatever it may be, what is the season that you're in? Like, if you're at home, how can you be more faithful at home with your duties? How can you be more faithful as a student? How can you be more faithful in your current job? How can you be more faithful in whatever God has given you, even though that may not be what God is ultimately calling, calling you to do? Because if you're not faithful with that which is least, how can we actually be faithful with that which, with the bigger things that God is wanting to give us? Because we've read in Isaiah 55 how he has higher thoughts and higher ways for us than we can even ever fathom. So if he has something so big, then we need to learn these little lessons. That appears so little but these are our foundation pieces these are our building blocks so yeah in order to be successful uh, we must be faithful and there's this other quote for the ones taking notes is in ministry of healing 481.3 481.3 and it says the faithful discharge of today's duties is the best preparation for tomorrow's trials the faithful discharge of today's duties is the best preparation for tomorrow's trial. Now, let's make this very practical. Think about this. We're here at Adagra. How can you be more faithful as you're here at Adagra? Maybe, you know, you're, you're, you may be helping with something. Some of us are helping with audio verse. Uh, some of us are being facilitators. Some of us are taking videos and pictures. And um, some of us are just he- here to learn. How can we be more faithful with this time today? Maybe there's some things. Maybe we can take better notes. Maybe we're like, we can try to meet more people and, and try to be a blessing to somebody. How can we be more faithful today? Because it's going to prepare you for tomorrow. It's going to prepare you for uh, whatever God has for you. Because your experiences here, like you said, we're building our resume. We'll, we're also building our life with the different experiences we go through and how we choose to, to go through life. Uh, and number six, improve your spare moments. And um, this is another quote, very, very amazing quote in uh, co- in um, Christ Object Lesson lessons 343.4. Three point, uh, 343.4. And and um, this is talking about idleness. Um, there's there's a lot of time in our day actually, and sometimes a lot of those hours are are lost. <laughs> you know I. I have, I have an iPhone, and I have this thing, probably you guys have it too, that says, uh, I think at the end of the week, tells you how many hours you've been on the phone per day. I got scared. <laughs> I got so scared when I first saw that, because I never, I, I mean, yeah, anyways, I, I saw that one day and said, nine hours, and I said, what? Average of nine hours? That is impossible. I mean, I do do a lot of marketing and and, uh, social media and stuff like that uh, for Red River, but I'm like, how can this be possible? What can I do with nine hours a day? That's like more than a full-time job. I was like, this is not good. So yeah, like we also need to look at at our screen time uh, or whatever else that we're employing our time with. So this quote right here says, only let moments be treasured. A few moments here and there that might be frittered away in aimless talk, the morning hours so wasted in bed, the time spent in traveling on trams or cars, we don't quite do that anymore, But or waiting at the station, we also don't quite do that, but you get the point. Uh, the moments of waiting for meals, waiting for those who are tardy in keeping an appointment. Um, and it says, if a book were kept at hand, And these fragments of time were improved in study reading or careful thought what might not be accomplished wow she says what might not be accomplished if you improve your little times when you're waiting for somebody to come when you're in the car traveling somewhere whatever you're waiting for a meal just Pull out a book that you're probably tr- you probably you might be wanting to read. There's so many wonderful books. If you want to read Ellen White's book, there's other time uh, books on personal development that, that are great too. Or any other book that might be something that is good for your growth, it's a good time to do it. I mean, you can get a lot of reading and a lot of, uh, even the Bible, of course. Um, maybe memorizing something. I mean, five minutes here and five minutes there, you can memorize so much. And... Um, the last part of that quote, it says, a resolute purpose, persistent industry, and careful economy of time will enable men and women to acquire knowledge and mental discipline, which, listen to this, will qualify them for almost any position of influence and usefulness. So you're telling me that if I'm using my five minutes here and 10 minutes there into being very intentional with my time, that is going to qualify me for almost any position of influence and usefulness that's amazing that is amazing god has called us to to excellence he hasn't called us to be mediocre and sometimes i see honestly just to be real with you guys i see that as a church adventist church sometimes we are very mediocre like i see so many other even other religions and how they deal with life and how they go about what they do and i'm like why are they most more successful than us what are we doing I know that Satan is, is truly uh, has a big target on us, but we must fight back and we must do what, what's right and really wake up. And the last point is flexibility. This is, um, I, when I started this journey of like learning about personal development when I was um, uh, 17, um, I was, I got into a trap. There's a trap about personal development because you can end up so focused on growing yourself and making sure that you're taking everything off your list and making sure that you're doing all the right habits. You're waking up at the right time. You're sleeping at the right time. You're doing the right thing. You're having your devotions. You're praying and all these kind of things. But sometimes there's a point, if you're not careful enough, that it just becomes, you become a Pharisee. And basically, it just, it's all on your own. You rely too much on your own power. And wait until you actually mess up on one of those things and start messing up. And then suddenly, you're going to feel like like God doesn't want you. Suddenly, you're going to feel like, I can't pray right now because God is not pleased with me. I messed up here. I didn't quite wake up at the right time this time or or i said something wrong or i just been slacking on my habits and uh my schedule has been so scrambled and suddenly your spiritual life became uh, starts declining because you're just somehow ashamed that you can come to god because you need to do something have you ever felt that way that you need to do something in order to earn god's favor and if you don't do it like you got to do that first before you come back to him and like pray and all those kind of things. That has happened to me so much. And I'm like, you know what? This is not the gospel. This is not why Jesus came. If if <laughs> my success depended on me and the things that I do and don't do in terms of, you know, habits and all these kind of things, Jesus wouldn't have had to die for us. He died for us so that we can have freedom. And, um, you know, when we rely too much on our own efforts of accomplishing things and all this personal development and growth we we become our own savior and we've, we we kind of take that place instead of christ so flexibility so for me in my experience i remember there was a time that i was so focused on that and i had a schedule like every day i would write on my planner um what I have to do at which time. So I have to, I have this appointment, or by this time, I'm gonna be working on this project. Oh, I have this marketing project I need to do. It's gonna be from one to two, then I have lunch, and then three to four, I'm gonna do other things. And everything is just so tightly scheduled. And then, (laughs) somebody will come up and be like, Christine, I really need your help. Like, I have, uh, okay, I have um, to, uh, yeah, I I need help with something. And I was like, well, like, I really, I am on a tight schedule, and I really have to get this going. And then little by little, I realized that I started neglecting evangelism opportunities. I started neglecting my family. I started neglecting a lot of things because I was so focused on making sure that I was accomplishing everything at the right time, which that is good. We need that. But even in Christ's life, um, he knew that he he had such a connection with his father that he was listening for when it was time to go this way or go that way, and sometimes that means to give up some of our plans. So we must be also, as we learn all these things and we're pumped up about learning more about personal development, let's learn to also be be flexible when God is calling us to help somebody, to to not neglect evangelism, for our even our uh, family. Uh, neighbors church or anything and uh, in order to truly be successful because sometimes we will just rely too much on ourselves and we're basically almost done in this last quote that I will um, give you guys it's the secret of success and it's in Patriarchs and Prophets page 509 and I don't have the paragraph but I'm sure you'll find it Uh, 509 and it says, the secret of success is the union of divine power with human effort. Those who achieve the greatest results are those who rely most implicitly upon the almighty arm. So what do you rely on when in your life? When you go about your day, do you rely on your capabilities, your skills, your knowledge? We need to learn to begin to learn to um, rely on God. And rely on the things that he has promised that he will provide for us. And um, that will help us to continue our day with more confidence, more clarity, as we rely more on Christ and we're able to see more of his vision for our lives. For As we read, he has a bigger um, calling for us than we can ever fathom. So, yeah, these are, these are the different principles. We, I'm sorry, we didn't have all the slides right now but um, hopefully it was a blessing to you yes Can you re-read all the again, please? yes I um, will just do the presentation all over that's if that's fine no <laughs> I wonder that I wonder that uh, let me see it is almost there okay so number one is develop a vision number two is order in regularity uh, three plan your days and set your goals Four, uh, do one thing at a time. Five, faithfulness. Six, improve spare moments and kind of idleness, that kind of thing. And seven, flexibility. Thank you. Yep. Any? If, is there any other questions? Nobody. Okay, great. Well, let's let's pray. Let's pray and let's uh, kneel together. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful just for the beautiful principles that you have given us for success. And Lord, it is our desire as young people to be an army of youth that is rightly trained. And we want to be able to help win this war, to be able to help... win more souls to the kingdom. I know that you have called each of us for that. And also you have given each of us a calling. So I ask for each of the people in this room that you may give them more clarity and uh, confidence in what you have called them. That you may help them to realize the season of life that they're in and how to be more faithful. Help them to learn to be more flexible and, and just to learn to trust you more there's a lot of voices out there and a lot of thoughts and opinions of what we should be doing and uh, sometimes even parents. And Lord, help us to listen to your voice and to be faithful to you. And help us to succeed in this battle as, as your soldiers. And I thank you so much for these things. I pray that you may help us to put them in practice. And we know that we cannot do it by ourselves, but we need your Holy Spirit and help us to focus even more on the Bible promises that will help us to get to that point. And I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.